number 166.
Loving God and our Father, we thank Thee for this time we've been able to have together this weekend. Amen. Enjoy the, the truth that Thou hast given to us. And we thank Thee for uh, others of like precious faith that we can go over these things with and to think on these things. And we think of the meeting ahead of us. Uh, just pray for liberty that our our uh, spirits would be restrained and that by spirit would have liberty and we thank thee our God and our Father that thou art a kind God and a loving God and we we have confidence that there will be a blessing this afternoon so we look to thee for help and dependence on thee we ask this in the name of our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. Let's look at the last verse in the book of Judges. It's a verse that is repeated many times. I believe this is, I think this is the last time it's found in the Bible. It says, chapter 21, verse 25, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. And I'd... I'd like to suggest that this is a condemnation. And yet, it doesn't say people did what was wrong. They might have done things that were right. But the condemnation was they did what was right in their own eyes. And the sad thing remarked here, that there was no king in Israel. That is, there was nobody to keep control of things. There was nobody in charge. You know, you and I gather in such a way. We don't have a pope. There's no king amongst those gathered to the Lord's name. We could be guilty of the same thing that these people and the judges were guilty of, if we're not careful, because we don't have somebody in charge to get things straightened out when we goof up. There's a verse that we just had, I think, last week in our Mount Tabor reading. It says, uh, all unrighteousness is sin. That's in First John 5. All unrighteousness is sin. I think we understand that. That is, if you do bad things, that's sin. That we understand. But there's a verse earlier in 1 John that says, or should be translated, I understand, sin is lawlessness. That is, sin is acting without reference to the law or to God. In other words, 
maybe I'm driving down the highway and I'm driving 60 miles an hour in a 65 mile zone. And I'm not doing it because the law says that. I'm doing it just because I think it's safe. That's lawlessness. It doesn't, I'm not breaking the law, but I'm doing what I think is right without reference to the law. Now, it's even worse, we find, when, when you do it, when you sin against the law. But the point I'm bringing out is, right or wrong, people were wrong because they were doing it without reference to God and without reference to authority. Now, if we turn back in the book of Judges, in chapter 17, we have this, <clears throat> this same statement. It's in verse 6. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That is in connection with idolatry. Everybody knows I think everybody here knows idolatry is wrong. But you know what? The people that did this sin didn't know it was wrong. In fact, it's not like they're worshiping Baal or somebody else. The worship of idols like that didn't come in to Israel until Ahab introduced it. They were worshiping Jehovah with idols. They, had a mis they were making a mistake as to how God would judge things. But they had no king to tell them what to do. And so they did it the way they thought they ought to do it. And then in the next chapter, we find something a little bit different. Chapter 18 and verse 1, there was no king in Israel. Now, it doesn't say that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Because in chapter 18, they're doing something they knew was wrong. They, we find out that the idolatry spread. And we find out that they're going to go and kill a bunch of people and take their land. They're going to set up the idols. And they're going to steal these idols they did steal the idols, and they're going to set them up after they wipe out a, a tribe. They knew they shouldn't be stealing those idols. But yet they're still worshiping those idols, as, they, uh, as I understand it here, thinking of Jehovah, their God. But they, it doesn't say they did that which was right in their own eyes, because they knew it was wrong, was wrong to steal those idols. Then in chapter 19, the same thing happens, or a similar thing happens. It says in chapter 19, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim, and so on. And then we have the story of the concubine that was raped, killed. There's no king in Israel. There was no control over the immorality that was spreading there. 
doesn't say that they did that was right in their own eyes. They knew what they did was wrong. But the conclusion of the whole book of Judges is that, which we had before, that they were doing that which is right in their own eyes. And as I say, what could be wrong with doing what's right? What you think is right. That's what all mankind ask of his fellow man. Do what you think is right. But there is something wrong with that. And there's something wrong with that that you and I need to be very much aware of. It's interesting to me that the first reference to that uh, statement is not in the book of Judges, but in the book of Deuteronomy. It's in the chapter that was referred to yesterday, chapter 12. And in Deuteronomy, chapter 12, we often refer to the verse that was referred to, verse 13, Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place where thou seest, but in the place where the Lord shall choose in one of thy tribes, there thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings. That we understand. There's a place that God would have us to worship. But earlier in that chapter, it says in verse 8, Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes, for ye are not come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth you. But when you go over to Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, when he giveth you rest from all your enemies and so on, and, and then it goes on to say when you offer your sacrifices, then you'll do that in that one place that God has set up. So it seems to me that here in this first instance of this statement, and we find it in Judges also, that doing that which was right in your own eyes was connected especially with spiritual things. We're not to do that which is right in our own eyes. We find often that we disagree with our brethren. Is that not true? You might find that you disagree with your parents. I did from time to time. Wife might find that she disagrees with her husband. I don't think there's many wives here that would disagree with that. I've often seen Myself and others disagree with what our government does. I've had occasions in my life when I have disagreed with assembly actions. Actions that I heard about that had gone elsewhere. What becomes us if we do that which is right in our own eyes? And why is it that God, we might say, 
emphasizes this so much, not to do what's right in your own eyes. It's really very simple, I think. Because you and I can't get on together if we all do what we think is right. Because you and I are going to come at some point to something that we, should, we, do, that which we disagree on, and we're going to have to separate. And I'm going to say the word of God says this, and you're going to say the word of God says that, and we're going to have to separate from each other, which we already know is not according to the word of God. And I think I could say that almost all divisions start out with a failure in love for our brethren, failure to obey the one and only new commandment that God has given, that the Lord Jesus gave us, to love one another. But even then, you wouldn't have a division. Division, the, the, the division proceeds because we do that which is right in our own eyes. So what is it that's better than doing what's right? What we think is right. You know, you hear, you hear about a, a dispute someplace, and you want to get all the evidence. What happened? Who did wrong first? What does the Word of God say about uh, this or that stage of the wrong that's been done? And we begin to analyze it, and the whole thing is wrong. The whole thing is wrong because we're setting about to do that which is right in our own eyes, to make our decision as to which side to choose on any given subject, whether it be a division or whether it be a decision to make on some other matter. You know, there's all kinds of things that come up all the time. Discipline, uh, whether to have a conference. Uh, you, you could make a long list of things that we could think about and uh, maybe disagree on in our, as we talk about things together. So what's the better way? How many times when we hear about something that we want to know the details about, how many times do you, and I condemn myself, fail to ask, what can I be submissive to here? What am I to submit myself to? Yes, Christians are to be watching and waiting. They're to be working for the Lord. We're to be worshiping. And we should be submitting. We are a, Christians are meant to be submitting people. You know, if I was a kid and my dad says, I think we should go this way on this subject, and uh, I thought, oh, I don't think that's right. I can be right even if my dad is wrong when I go along with him because I'm doing it because I'm submitting to him. I've sometimes heard of 
divisions in families where, let's say, the husband leaves the assembly. And the wife, it said, stands firm. I don't think I admire that. She could be right, but then wrong, because she hasn't submitted. And now, sometimes it's not a matter of submission. Many times they agree, that's fine, and the wife has permission to, to continue, or the child has permission to continue. But where there is rebellion in the family, you can be wrong when you're right, or you could be double wrong. You could be wrong in the decision, and you could be wrong in your failure to submit. So I ask myself, when a, when a matter comes up, what is it that I can submit to? Is there something that I can submit to? Maybe there's a question as to uh, where the authority is in the assembly. There's two factions that say we have the authority and the other folks don't. I don't know what to do. What am I meant to do? Start gathering the evidence? See who did the wrong thing first? Have I looked for what I should submit to? I, su I submit to the word of God, yes. I submit, but then both sides claim that they've got the word of God behind them. I submit to assembly authority, yes. But then both sides they say they have it. And is one person saying to another uh, that... Uh, the testimony of two different sides. What happens if I make my decision? Somebody else comes to another conclusion. We have a division. We have a division because maybe hundreds of miles away, uh, one assembly makes one chooses one side. Another assembly chooses the other. Because they did that which is right in their own eyes. And who wants to do what's wrong? But do we have any scriptural authority to do anything other than that? What about in the book of Numbers where there's a man who dies in the field? They measure to find the nearest city. And... That, that city has the responsibility. Do we not learn any lesson from that? I remember about 25 years ago, there was schism in New Jersey. And I got a call. I got, I think, four calls from Norman Berry. And he said to me, Brother Paul, what do the local brethren think? Brother Paul, what do they think? What do the local brethren think about this? 
And he'd say, Paul, pray, pray. I got four calls and they all had that message in them. Pray, pray. What do they? Th- what do the local brethren think? He said. You know, I didn't know for I think ten, maybe twenty years afterwards, that he did not agree with what was coming down in New Jersey. He felt the other side was right, <laughs> but he wouldn't tell me that. He was. He knew that there was authority in nearness, the the authority of nearness that overrode his opinion on subjects. I say that this fundamental principle, doing something that's right in your own eyes, that is where we have failed often. And uh, at every point, it is for a Christian to ask what he can be submissive to. And there's times when it's simply the word of God. I agree. Well, let me leave it at that. But it says sin is lawlessness. And I think that we can say that just about the definition of sin is lawlessness in 1 John is that last verse that we have in the book of Judges. Doing that which is right in your own eyes. Not wrong. Doing that which is right in your own eyes. Sin is lawlessness.